It's November the 11th, 2023, and this is The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography. Chris, Jeremiah, Adrian. Hello. 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 The quickest Hello. intro ever. Are we in a hurry today, Chris, by any chance? Uh, just a little. Just a little. By the way, this is actually us, not a representation of us. We were, we were just talking, pre-show, we were talking about the, the, be, the ability that, that AI can copy people, their, their likeness, but not just their face in video, but their voice with three seconds of raw material. So, so we, we encourage everybody to choose a safe word for friends and family, lest that one only be they know. visited uh, by help, help, I'm being held hostage in a milk bottle factory. Yes. Send money. Send <laughs> send $10,000 or they won't. I need bail, I need bail. Ah, uh, yeah. Visuals play a big role in that. So we can't talk Safe, about it, right? Safety first. <laughs> um. No, we are, we, are, we are doing a tech show today. About a camera. We'll talk tech. Yay, finally. We haven't talked tech in a long time. Um, a camera that is being hyped Coded? big time right now. <laughs> no, it, I, it's, it's, it's not even out yet. It won't be out until spring 24. So um, it's, of course, the new Sony A9 Mark III. Yeah, and what, interesting. What, what is the most remarkable thing about this camera, you might well ask? Yes. Do we um, actually, that's a good question. Do we all have the same view of what's the most remarkable thing of this camera? Well, this there's camera? only one thing that is actually being talked about uh, <laughs> yeah, on yeah, Petapixel and other places, and that is the global shutter. So just let me, let me run down a few, a few things here. 24 megapixels, eh, okay. Um, uh, global shutter, we'll get to that in a second. Um, 120 frames per second, including focus tracking. With no blackout. With no blackout. Um, shutter speed up to an 80,000th of a second. Gotta Eight shoot zero. that, lest you miss the birthday candle blowing. Right. Um, <laughs> the autofocus down to minus 5 EV, which is like, anyway, two better than before. <laughs> so it's like, you can pretty much focus with almost no light. Um, yeah. And you can shoot on the surface of the sun in natural light. <laughs> So, speaking of the of the the shutter, I think this is the thing. So, normally cameras, our the tools that we use, have a shutter that is read by the camera line by line. So the typical CMOS shutters, it's like a, a line that sweeps over very fast, but still uh, slow enough. So if you have something fast moving, you've probably seen videos, iPhone videos of like a, propell a propeller on, a, on an airplane something like that, um, where everything gets like bent out of shape because it moves too fast and the, the line scans the picture. Well, a global shutter pretty much has two sensors stacked on top of each other. So you have one on the top that takes the picture and then when you press the shutter button, all those pixels, all those individual pixels get dumped onto the second layer in real time at the same time. Is that time. how it works? I never knew that. So it's a it's a second layer of like the memory cells pretty much for every pixel there's a memory cell underneath and then while it does its other things then in the background that's get that gets read into the memory 
very quickly in this Oh, yeah, case. very quickly. I'm, I'm guessing this must be really hard then, because otherwise they would have done it before, right? Well, it, just, it, it, it adds a, a whole new layer to the, to the sensor. And I think, well, no, global shutters have been around for a while. So we've, we've had global shutters before in mostly video productions. Jeremiah, have you worked with cameras that have global, global shutters? Yeah. Of course, yeah. uh, you know the they're very expensive. <clears throat> they're generally purpose built for high speed photography, etc. But I, you know, I I think the thing that is even more remarkable is there is the ability for the camera to remember the moments just before the shutter is uh, <laughs> engaged, so that there's a review there. Um, and the I think that these things have been around the problem that camera manufacturers have had is the cost of the compute power within the camera, the the thinness, you know what I mean? How to right, scale okay. down yeah. the the count to make it uh, kind of practical. Um, and because some of these big high speeds, especially film cameras are, they're massive. And and uh, make it affordable. And in, when I say affordable, I'm saying affordable in quotation marks because this camera is... Um, Far from, not far. I haven't seen the price of it actually. It's uh, about six thousand dollars. That's so. the, okay. that's a rumor right now. Yep. Oh, is oh, it not? Would, okay, right, right. Which would make it uh, the equivalent of a Leica, of the same ilk. I saw a Leica M6 in a shop today for two and a half thousand. No lens, and it's a film camera. Okay. So. <laughs> it's razors so, and razor blades. So the so the global shutter. Um, People, people. I, I, I read about it. I hear about it, and people often I hear the words "game changer." Now, we've already established that fast, mo fast motion will be the way it looks. No bent pro propellers anymore, or I don't know, a sword or a golf club or something moving fast. Things will be the way they are up to eighty thousandth of a second. That is ten times as fast as. Some of the faster shutters today, which are normally like an eight thousandth of a second. Um, the really interesting thing here, I think, is flash sync, yeah. because we yeah. we had always had this problem. If you shoot flash, and people don't <clears throat> shoot flash as much anymore because cameras have higher ISOs now. But um, but another reason why people don't shoot flash that much anymore is because. It's difficult. It's hard. You have to figure out the shutter speed that you can use, and it has to be, I don't know, a, a two hundredth of a second or something, some more bit yeah. faster. I think four hundred is the limit, right? Or if you have a really fast leaf shutter, then maybe five hundredth of a second or up to a thousandth. But that is rare. With this camera, you can sync any speed, flash any speed up to eighty an eighty thousandth of a second, which. So here's here's the here's the wild thing, you always when you when you shoot flash and everyone who's done that before kind of knows anyone anyone who's done studio work knows that you will change the brightness of the picture either by ISO or by aperture. The shutter speed is fixed in the studio. It's just the way it is. Uh, in this case, no, you can change the brightness with all three parameters now, which means you can. Dial down the shutter speed and darken down the picture, even you, if you fire the flash at full brightness. So, so you can shoot outside. This, you can shoot outside. That's the next in one. In full yeah. sunlight, emulating night 
with your subject lit normal. So, so let, let, let me ask a question to you guys and see if you, because uh, I don't know the, I don't know if they've published stats on this or anything like this to do with this camera, but um, typically the reason that the exposure for flash photography only includes the aperture and the ISO is because the flash seat, the flash speed, the amount of time that the flash is on for is a lot quicker than the shutter speed. So the shutter speed effectively has no impact on the exposure. Now, my my limited understanding is that really good stro- yeah, professional strobes might get as fast as on and off in a ten thousandth of a second if they're not on full power. True. And I, but so, so so for the first time ever, we've actually got a shutter that's faster than the speed of light. <laughs> you could say that. So uh, a studio strobe with like at full power will go for maybe a two hundredth of a second. It'll take its time. So you can cut okay. this down into very small chunks now, which makes everything so much easier to to understand and work with because it's so much. It's much more along the lines of how you would think. It's not is, as is counterintuitive it, as it do is. Do I need to, to unlearn a load of stuff that I spent a long time learning then? Because if, you, if your flash duration to get a certain amount of light onto the sensor is a 200th of a second, or, or, yeah, or let's just make it round number. Let's say the flash duration is a thousandth of a second, right? then if you're shooting with a shutter speed of a 10,000th of a second, aren't you cutting out the vast majority of the light yes. that your flash puts out? That's, you are. Okay, that's what right. we're that's talking the about. Point. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the point. point. You can darken down by using shutter speed. And that's so the, yeah. the shutter speed is going to record everything around it, let's say the studio itself or the exterior. The flash, depending on its distance from the subject, is going to illuminate that subject, um, and that's the balance. It's a, it's another creative tool um, to use under specific um, circumstances. Uh, very um, controlled circumstances. That's very. the point with the, with now, the studio. Now, at twenty thousandth of a th- of a second, when you're doing diving or F one, <laughs> Formula One. Uh, crashes or uh, you know those kinds of things where super high speed and br- bright light with your ISO up, you're able to capture like really really sharp, effective, you know millisecond imagery that your cameras of yesteryear, which is two weeks ago, um, wouldn't be able <laughs> wouldn't be able to capture, and, and that's really. I think this is fundamentally for the scientific and and uh, sports focus. I, I don't think taking home mo- pictures is uh, the way, though they're going to hype it with this ultra slow motion and all of that stuff as well. It, it's a new tool, and I think a lot of people will still want it because it's the best and the... Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, without, I like without one maybe, for Christmas, maybe without, <laughs> without understanding else. it, but uh, this yeah. this is this is gonna be. I believe it's gonna be similar to other things where you give people a new capability and they will find new stuff. Find it, with yeah. It. yeah. I could I could use it for the the product photography I do for my wife's 
online stores overkill right? but yeah you could because <laughs> it well, it is a bit overkill yeah but at the moment i have to shoot with a three stop nd filter when we're doing product photography because my lights on the lowest setting because because the because the aesthetic requires we shoot at f4 so you can have the the background of the scene just a little bit blurry mm-hmm. so you know even at my lowest iso uh, with the sync speed of 200th or uh, I forget if it's a 200 or 250th it's whatever it's the fastest sync speed on my camera um I ha- and and the lights on 128th power I still have to have a three stop nd filter to get an exposure that's why we have gels yeah, yeah. you could you could put something <laughs> in front of the flashes or you I can, can I use could do that, yes, you can use your bokeh adjustment in any number of new um updates of whether That's it's oh, well, lightroom does it now lightroom does it out of the box and very exact, good very that, beautiful yes. very hard to tell the difference uh there's all kinds of adjustable bokehs in the background it's quite effective and Save yourself. Especially uh, for something like product photography. Shoot them with an iPhone and, and slap some fake bokeh on it and it looks really good. It does, yeah. <laughs> no, no kidding, no kidding. I mean, you've, you've seen Apple's last keynote and they shot that on an iPhone. Well, with all the cranes and stuff <laughs> that you need and all the, all the high-tech, but the, the sensor and the, the camera was iPhones. Same. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway... I mean, here what, we go. What? Yeah. What? What is the? I mean, if if we're talking about high speed photography, um, cost is this a consumer, professional, or uh, amateur camera? Um, is this something that is, in your opinions, going to be emulated by many different companies? I think that's probably a given. Will the price come down significantly? Probably. Sure. Will this be the new normal? Absolutely. Um, just like CMOS as opposed to, you know, everything will then step up in terms of, oh, the old fashioned. The thing is, will pictures get any better? Ah, oh, that you saved well, the best question for the end there, didn't you? There's a, there's a creative angle here, though, because um, I remember um, um, I, was, I was part of a group where we did some like flash high-speed photography with a popping a balloon and then you trigger a flash in the dark with the sound of the balloon and then you have this picture of the popping balloon and uh, with with myself on it so it was kind of a, a selfie kind of a self-portrait thing and uh, you can just shoot that same shot here now straight from straight in in sunlight in daylight because the shutter speed goes so slow so you you have more creative possibilities here so some photography will will be much easier to achieve without having to go super high tech and and what the camera has which is i think um going to be uh very very much emulated in most new cameras is they are using ai to track focus because obviously, yeah. if you're shooting with a three, I knew you would get AI involved. Ah, it's a drinking game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's early morning for me, um, I, there, there is that uh, aspect of if you are shooting with a three hundred millimeter, and they have with this camera introduced a new light three hundred um, lens. Uh, at full frame. So if you're a sports photographer and you are panning quickly or, you know, just moving around, the ability to keep your subject in focus, even if they're moving in and out of the ostensive 
plane of focus is going to be much, much more secure for you because it's using AI to recognize what it is you're shooting. And I think that's a that's a good step up for autofocus. Um, and, and I think that that technology is going to be very, very common very soon, if not, um, you know, within the next year of new cameras. Hmm. So we yeah. have, um, oh, by the way, there, there are a few open questions about this camera because it is still in pre-production and won't be here until uh, the spring. Hence one the future. Is, <laughs> one is image quality. They, the, all the testers have only JPEGs for now. So mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason that Global Shutter was not available for these types of cameras in the past, and that is uh, image quality. You have, sure. You have uh, some, some trade-offs here. Um, the other is native ISO starts at 250 mm -hmm. and goes up to 25600. That's interesting, especially like what does that mean if we're shooting uh, multiple, you know, high speed, quote, motorized blasting right. of raw pictures? Right. Um, raw and with the kind of memory that it's it's recording moments before and after the quote decisive moment so it you notice in the camera it has two slots for memory cards and i would assume that you're going to need a couple of gigs in both um and uh you know it's it's got to be writing pretty fast what could possibly go wrong um you know the other thing is it does have from what i can see a usb output it also has a um does it look like an Ethernet? Yeah, a lot of them do these days because for the sports photographers, it's to get it down the wire as quickly as possible. They yeah. have Ethernet. Ethernet, so. and it does have, and that is the funniest thing of this camera, it has a PC Sync port, which is the, the oldest the oldest plug in existence, the oldest yeah. standardized plug in existence, which is how you hook up a studio strobe uh, by a cable to any camera out there pretty much. Even old <laughs> analog cameras have a PC sync. Sure. Uh, has nothing to do with PCs. Has nothing to do so, with... No, it's the old Hasselblad, you know... It's the Proctor, Compor, yeah. Shutter, yeah. PC. Compor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting that they made the decision to do that. Um, probably because... Oh, there you go. Probably, I'm, and I'm guessing that they did it... Look, it has two USB... Um, no, well... It has the small. See, it has. Hold on, I'll try to zoom in here. To, multi, it's the got lower many, one's many, many connectivity and HDMI and like stuff. Yeah, so, so I mean, okay. it, it basically has everything. I think they were thinking, well, I've got a lot of old cords here from all my old cameras. <laughs> I, I, I want to use this with my old cords, um, or uh, it's possible that some of these old, I forget what my old flashes from 25 years ago, if they only connected with the PC. Uh, so I don't know. But they did uh, assume um, to go from soup to nuts in terms of uh, connectivity, which I think is a good thing. And I think, Adrian, you're right. In other words, if you're shooting sports, you want that connected, say, to if you have an Ethernet cable and you're running it in real time to a computer and out that's i i fast. believe that's what people do these days although it's not something i've seen in, in person myself so i have to say um 
one of the things that this got me thinking about is the aftermarket for shutter noises. Right, so we have like ring this, ringtones for your camera. So, so there's no shutter in this camera, and it's not the first. No, no, sorry, I should say no mechanical shutter in this camera, and it's not the first flagship camera you know in the last couple of years to be launched. At least the Nikon one doesn't have a, a mechanical camera. I know that I forget what the Nikon is called, um, but the uh, I, I fancy you know um, in a Sergio Leone spaghetti western and the cowboy fires and then you get a ricochet off a rock that goes something like yeah. right? I want that sound right for my shutter I, I want that to be the fu- part of the future of my photography because is, you're is, shooting a picture uh, oh I hadn't even got that far that's even Gun better sound. well done sir well done I hadn't even got that far it was just I was just thinking well what sound do I want it to make because you know it's so yeah there's an opportunity for people to build libraries for those kinds of quiet things like you know electric EV motorcycles do you want it to have the Ducati sound do you want it to have the <laughs> like what sound do you want because there's nothing more dangerous than a silent motorcycle splitting lanes <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah yeah isn't i mean i mean you can, you can go and, and and emulate so many things isn't toyota aren't they working on a on a fake stick shift and clutch pedal for EVs, something. Uh, like that. I don't know, but the the the, the current electric Abarth five hundred, the little Fiat, uh, the the Abarth version of it has a, a motorized sound, but because there's no gearbox, it just goes up and up and up in Not tone. That. <laughs> as, that would drive me crazy. It, and I think everybody just turns it off. So it, it, when you fire it up, as it were, it, it has a nice sort of you know. Uh, the engine firing up noise and a burbly exhaust noise. But and I think we all three are used to, because we all have Teslas, coincidentally, and, and there's that <laughs> whiny there is sound effect. Um, I, I, I think about a month ago, my wife was pulling out of the driveway and Chris was like, ah. Oh, in reverse, yeah, in reverse. Yeah, yeah. You, hear it, you hear it in the background of some of the episodes, yeah. 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 Anyway, so what does that mean for the future of photography? It means probably nothing faster. to me because I'm not going to buy it. But. <laughs> same, same here, same here. I have no, no need way. for it at this point. Yeah, I think uh, I put it in the realm of like the, and we we will talk about this in the coming weeks. The humane button. Um, oh yeah, humane mm-hmm. dot yeah, AI, yeah. which which uh, there's some visuals involved. Yeah. Yes, and if you've gone to their site and looked around, it is um, is this Google Glass and a pager, or is, is it an always-on camera that will have people avoiding you like crazy, um, or is it actually a useful thing? Um, and how do people with arthritis use it? Because it requires a lot of uh, <laughs> hand movements and whatnot. So um, I think the you know the, the the hype is there. It's a beautifully designed object, um, albeit a little big. But um, we'll see. These are <clears throat> texts that are probably best. Uh, to wait till the second, third, or fourth generation. That's what I. That's what I do with the with the global shutter. I'll wait till it trickles down to a yes. camera that I actually want to buy at this yeah. point. Uh, uh, yeah, so, you know the same. The question, perhaps, though, for 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 the three of us is, is it going to you know, when so, when it when it does trickle down to a camera that we might be attracted to, is it going to be something that actually encourages? 
prompt us to take money out of our pockets. No, nobody does that anymore. Tap the buttons on our, <laughs> our watches and hold them to the sensor. That doesn't have quite the same poetic ring to it, does it? Um, are we gonna? Uh, is is it going to be something that we think will actually cause us to buy a new camera because we think it's that compelling a feature? Um, it, it it depends. I think if the price point is right and you're looking for another camera, not specific to doing this kind of high speed. And you have Sony glass because one big drawback is that the 120 frames per second that it can shoot, it can only do with Sony glass. Oh, well. It oh. goes down with third-party lenses. It goes down to 15 frames per second, which is I much wonder, more pedestrian. Why so, do you think that is? I, I must have... Something to do with, with communications between the camera, or maybe it's a way to upsell, to make people go and buy more Sony glass, possibly. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I, it, it's one or the other. It doesn't quite make sense to do maybe, that. Maybe there's a mode, them. maybe there's a, it's to do with the exposure mode and moving the iris in the lens. And the focus tracking for software. Maybe the Sony lenses will be able to stay open you know, or, or, or stay closed down or whatever it's up there. Yeah. So the Q4 then, Jeremiah, the Leica Q4, if that has a global shutter, is that going to help you to upgrade from the Q3? Uh, I have to say that, again, depending on the economic circumstances that I find myself at any one point when the new camera is available, I, I will tend now to upgrade the Q system because uh, they do make significant um, changes to it in amazing ways. I mean, this new Q3, I think, is is a step up. Whether it's worth the X, because they will trade in the old one and give you a, a fair shake for it. I'm just wondering if it's worth it, and it depends on what it is you want to go with. Now, a 64 megabit image, um, just raw out of the box, with the Summicron Simulex lens, that they have that combination, the um, the kind of screen that that folds down so you can shoot waist level. There are a lot, and uh, they've uh, adjusted the ergonomics and adjusted the buttons. As a camera that I use all the time, whenever I go out, this is the camera that I would take if I took a camera at all. I would definitely upgrade. And so, because it is the the tool that I find myself going to, and I wouldn't do it just for the sake of it, but if I feel there is a significant movement up in terms of certainly quality is probably best. Um, there's nothing better than having sharper images. If I didn't care about that, then I think my iPhone would do just fine in any number of the small Lumixes that I may have. But... But in terms of a, a 64, you know, I, I think that would be really great. What I would love to see, and I don't think anyone will ever do it, is the ability to move from color to black and white, not as software, but in, just in terms of a switch or 
a, a different uh, like a like a flip around sensor in the camera. Yes, yeah, something like that, or, <laughs> or maybe in a little cylindrical th- you know, thing that you can put in one side of your camera and then wind the sensor across. No, all you need all you need is all you need is a Bayer Airy that switches that flips in and flips out. That, and that's really it, it. And, and and so I noticed won't, that won't be able to do this as precise as needs to be. I'm I don't sure. think so. I'm just dreaming here, but but. Uh, but so the the long answer is yes, I would upgrade, but only under certain circumstances. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our picks. Might as well start with mine. Since I, I, right I, think, I think it makes sense because before we even <laughs> talked about what the topic would be, you picked the Sony A9 Mark III. Yeah, and uh, there's it very is. little uh, reason for us to discuss why because <laughs> we've just spent. The last I can look at some pictures and yeah, there's a video um, and the, there's the there's the magical sensor. I mean, my my beef with Sony generally, the quality is pretty good. Um, you know, uh, in terms of pictures, I, I I really love the quality of the photographs uh, when I've used Sony's. But I find that the engineering and the design, the UI, is really not designed for people who prefer analog feel. In other words, the reference to menus just drives me nuts. Now, I appreciate hunting around menus and noodling around if you're on a plane flight and want to go through every (laughs) one of those menus and learn what everything does, and that'll eat up some hours. But in terms of handling a a camera, just the ability to do it blind with just my fingers and whatnot um, is something that I value more than any um, kind of menu technology. And that is my beef with Sony. I, I, I think it's not a, quote, analog-friendly camera. Yeah. All right, I brought us... Uh, Not going to be representing them soon. <laughs> yeah, Sony. Call us. Um, we, uh, I'm here. I came across this recently. Uh, it's the NASA blog, <clears throat> and it's an article written by Brian May. Brian May of Queen fame, guitarist. Oh, yeah. Um, who also happens to be an astrophysicist, which I didn't really know. So, oh, no? um, he, uh, and, he, and the other thing he's really interested in is stereoscopic photography. So he has a company in London, I think that, uh, yes, it's called the it. London. Yes. It, it's, uh, it, they, he and a, a friend revitalized an old sort of, you know, Victorian 19th century, you know, stereoscopy, it can't be, yeah, um, stereoscopy club or something like that. I got their book and it came with a viewer and stuff like that. It's pretty cool, actually. So what they what they uh, have done is, and this is interesting, so this is about the NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission. That's the thing that came back from a, from an asteroid and brought back some some dust and uh, landed on earth a few months ago and uh, what what he and and his Claudia Manzoni is her name um, who's a who's a ah, what's what's the exact term a cosmic stereo photographer or something like that so um, what they've done is they have gone into the archive of pictures that um, that the, that the probe has done, the Bennu probe has done, 
or the, the no, the Osiris Rex probe has done, and try to find stereoscopic pairs. So just imagine you have this whole trough of uh, pictures and the stereo photography was never a, a, a goal in the mission. It was never part of the mission, but it took so many pictures and brought them back that you can find stereoscopic pairs. So they have done that. They've made it in a, into a book. And if you if you look at the screen and you have the ability to relax your eyes and kind of look through the screen and then give it a second so it snaps in focus, um, there's a stereo picture of the surface of, of the venue. Wow. Asteroid. That's pretty impressive. I thought for a minute they were pointed at a planet and taking pictures a million miles apart. No. Combining the, the, them. The, the probe was very close yeah, and no. and those two pictures here on in this example have been taken i think several hours apart so oh. um okay. so the ability to go through all that material and find those pairs and make them into uh into st into stereo pictures out of this huge amount of pictures i think this is a pretty amazing thing yes so, it's totally yeah good. yeah absolutely good fun in. so yeah um brian may and nasa um all right, last but not least, we have... What is this? The daily... uh, Mine's got nothing to do with photography this week. It's just something <laughs> I'm doing this week, right, which I'm finding really interesting. So I've, I've been uh, increasingly interested in the last couple of years and the philosophy of Stoicism, uh -huh. right? And uh, I just so happen to have signed up for a sort of you know, two-week email video-type course at the moment. Uh, um, the, you probably recognize uh, the fellow if you saw him on YouTube. His name's Ryan Holiday, and he's all about the Stoics. And he's, you know, he coaches you know, professional sports teams and special forces and things like that you know, for, from a philosophical point of view and, and how to, you know, to help them with their, their mental agility and their mental resilience and stuff like that. And it's just something I'm enjoying investigating this week. Uh, so I thought I'd share it because it's fun. All um, right. Are you going to do a series like, you know, um, gluttony? <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just explore. Not gluttony. What the seven deadly it? sins. That's, that's the seven deadly sins. That's not stoicism. No, no, no. It doesn't what, go in there. No, what, what's another? Uh, uh, hedonism, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well... Yeah, maybe who knows now the big question is how do we how do we link that up with photography oh I, mean, I wasn't intending to link it up with photography at all i mean <laughs> no, there's, this there's is a photography show so yeah, so what <laughs> one, one could say it's articulating a sense of uh rules which apply to your kind of health in terms you know. of uh, mental acuity moving forward and that discipline yeah. to take I, that yeah. on the road as you take pictures I think you're right, and I think that, that it, as in as in any creative endeavor, um, you know, the, the 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 mindset that you bring to it is in, is incredibly influential on what you produce. So I would imagine there will be absolutely lessons that I learn in the next week or so that might be applicable to my photography. So that would be an, I, I ha can't think of any just off the top of my head right now, but um, there. Uh, they're, 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 I'm sure there'll be something by the time I finish. Don't miss any classes. <laughs> no, I'll try not to. <laughs> All right. I think that's that's a good close for this episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Christmas is too early for this new camera, so we'll we'll have to kind of. Are, are we going to do a show uh, um, th this year? We have plenty of time. To 
of, you know, quote, gifts for photographers. Oh, 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 yes, of course. Oh, we let's, could do that. Let's yeah. put this on the, on the calendar uh, before, long before Christmas so we can... Like uh, second week December, first right. week December, that kind of we'll thing. We'll figure this out. Until then, you can find us online at thefuturephotography.com. Join our Discord and, uh, yeah, come back next week. Until then, everyone, take care and bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.